It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 344 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called unannounced survival game. It is January 27, 2021, and this is Jen. But before we get into the unannounced survival game, I'm going to talk about, you know, surviving in the real world, specifically with things going on with Activision Blizzard King and unionizing. I'm going to start with a thread from Twitter, on Twitter, from A Better ABK, and they wrote this on January 22. Pending the recognition of our union, the Raven QA strike has ended. Unused strike funds are being stored for future organizing slash strike efforts. We'll post or retweet any GWU updates. I'll get to that in a minute here. Appreciate all the community support throughout the strike. Now, this does not mean they are done striking forever. Um, Just the money they were raising specifically for the... Uh, Q&A workers that got fired abruptly right before Christmas and those that took off of work in order to support them. There was a fund so that people wouldn't, you know, die while they uh, were trying to start a union, you know, basically. So that's kind of a short version of that. Uh, Let's see. There's a uh, gamedeveloper.com has an article from January 24 called Activision Blizzard Vets launch community-centric publisher New Tales. So I suppose if, uh, you know, if you, you don't want to work with Activision Blizzard anymore, or maybe these people stopped a while back, I guess you make your own company. It's not unheard of. There's a, a number of people that used to work for Blizzard and various Blizzard games that have made their own gaming companies. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I could, I'll rattle those off at some other point because it's not super relevant to this right now, but this uh, article is written by Chris Kerr, K-E-R-R, and I'll read you a little bit from it. A group of Activision Blizzard veterans have launched a new developer developer publisher called New Tales, T-A-L-E-S. Based in Paris, New Tales intends to create original franchises through its own internal studios while offering publishing services with, quote, global scope, end quote, to other developers. The nascent outfit is led by President and CEO Cedric Marshall, who previously served as International Senior Vice President of Activision Blizzard. Benoit Dufour, another former Activision Blizzard International SVP, has been named COO of New Tales, while, uh, I'm going to screw this up, Delphine uh, Lacour, previously senior editor EMEA at Blizzard, has been brought in as chief growth officer. Emmanuel Aubert, who most recently worked as publishing director EMEA at Blizzard, will serve as chief content officer. All four New Tales leads were part of the initial team that created Blizzard EMEA in 2004 before the launch of World of Warcraft. And there's a press release and things like that um, indicating that they want to place player communities at the heart of its strategies and have already begun developing its debut title. GameSpot posted on January 18, and I think I missed it 
for the, the previous show, but there's an article called Read Bobby Kotek's Letter to Staff About the Microsoft Buyout, which I talked about last time. I don't think I read this in the other one. Yeah, uh, he sent out a message to all staff that actually came, uh, was reported by The Verge. So let's just go to The Verge, shall we? And what he wrote was kind of a lot of stuff. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'll link to the article in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com where I link to everything, and it's, I don't know exactly what he was going for here, so I'll let you read it and make your own opinion on that one. The New York Times on January 21st said, Workers at an Activision game studio say they are forming a union. The Game Workers Alliance, that's GWA, I said I'd get back to that, represents workers at Raven Software, a studio owned by Activision Blizzard, where some employees walked out in early December to protest work conditions. There's a little bit of information in here. A group of workers at Raven Software, a studio owned by Activision Blizzard, said Friday that they were forming a union and wanted the prominent video game company to voluntarily recognize it. The new union, the Game Workers Alliance, said it includes more than 80% of the 34 people in the Quality Assurance Division of Raven, the Wisconsin studio that helps create Activision's popular Call of Duty game. More than 60 Raven employees walked out in early December, protesting the company's ending of the contracts of a dozen temporary Raven Quality Assurance workers, which they said felt abrupt and unfair. Some have been on strike since then. And there's a quote here from one of these workers. And uh, now Activision executives have to decide whether to recognize the union voluntarily or force a vote among employees, which the National Labor Relations Board would oversee. Activision said in a statement that it was, quote, carefully reviewing, end quote, the request. And here's a quote from, mm, it's, it's not attributed to a specific person, just Activision in general. So let's skip that part. Uh, we got a little bit in here about the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, which you already know about if you've been paying attention to Shattered Soulstone or honestly anything on social media since that happened because it was everywhere. There's a part of this that makes... It's probably notable. In contrast to Europe, unions are rare in the North American gaming industry. American employees are often subjected to unexpected layoffs and brutal crunch in which they are required to work long hours and weekends for weeks at a time to ensure games do not miss deadlines. Interest in unionization has picked up in recent years with groups like Game Workers Unite, Game Workers of Southern California, and the Campaign to Organize Digital Employees, a project from the Communications Workers of America, all working to mobilize game employees. In December, workers at the independent game developer Vodio Games, which has about a dozen employees, became the first video game studio union in North America. And so the Raven Employees organizing effort is shepherded by CWA, a prominent tech, media, and communications union. In a news release announcing the union, CWA and the Game Workers Alliance accused Activision of using, quote, surveillance and intimidation tactics, including hiring notorious union busters to silence workers. Um, and it goes on from there a little bit, and you know I'll let you read the rest if you if you care to. There's a quote here from Bobby Kotek, but I no longer trust. I have never trusted him. So I, anything that he spills out to a news site, I figure is you know PR kind of stuff, and who knows, right? Uh, there's an article in Inverse, and I don't know exactly what date this was written, and it's titled "Activision Employees on Microsoft to Deal Quote We're Going to Be Lost in the Shuffle." And I, one Raven software QA worker apparently has said, quote, it would be a lot easier to be excited about this if Bobby Kotek were stepping down. 
and uh, I'll get to that. But um, they're talking about the acquisition in here. So on social media and in conversation with Inverse, Activision QA workers expressed disappointment that the controversial CEO Bobby Kotick will remain in his position at least until the deal closes sometime in 2023. That's where I'm getting to right there. Uh, Kotick would personally take home $375 million from the deal, even if he's asked to leave the company immediately after it's finalized. And then there's a full quote from the worker. It would be a lot easier to be excited about this if Bobby Kotick were stepping down, says a Raven Software QA worker who spoke on condition of anonymity due to the ongoing strike. They also say the deal came as a complete shock to its employees and claim even the studio head at Raven Software was unaware of the acquisition until it was announced publicly. And we've got some other things here. We know about the Wall Street Journal article and things like that. According to a new report from the Wall Street Journal, Kotech will leave after the finalization of the deal, but Kotech is a figurehead for a larger, more pervasive problem at the company. That's why employees of Raven Software are still on strike over working conditions and what they claim is the unjustified termination of their co-workers. Uh, another person whose name I'm not going to read out, a QA worker at Activision and member of ABK Workers Alliance, said in a January 18 tweet, um, something to the effect of that, uh, well, this person wrote, ABK Workers Alliance will still be advocating for employees, no matter who our leadership is, whether it's Bobby Kotek or Phil Spencer, we will keep addressing the issues that we see within the gaming industry. Current Activision employees are wary that new ownership will bring about the changes they're hoping to see in a timely fashion. Another anonymous Raven QA tester tells Inverse, quote, I'm not upset about the announcement because from my understanding, this will be an improvement to the company's culture. Internal however, people are discussing how Microsoft exploits contract workers the same way that Activision does, so there is some worry about that. And there's there's more as this goes on, and again, it'll all be in the show notes. And then we have the Washington Post, which the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal do not typically focus, as you know, historically, they do not typically focus on gaming. They do not typically focus on unions, but here we are, right? <laughs> So this one from the Wall Street Journal, nope, the Washington Post, was uh, written on January 25th. It's titled, Raven Software Union Moves to Vote Absent Activision Blizzard Recognition. Because this is how this works. If you're in a union, I've been reading too much about this stuff. If you are trying to unionize wherever you are, your workplace, whatever that may be, you don't actually have to have permission from your company to do it. You really don't. You can do a process where you talk to uh, one of these groups that helps unions form, get all set up with them. Then you can do the thing where you sign a union card saying we're interested in joining a union. If you get enough people in your company doing that, then you can hold a vote. And if the vote goes through, you're a union. That's it. Now, whether Activision Blizzard is going to recognize it, that's another thing. But if they say, you know, if, if the case was, you know, here's your company, whatever your company may be, and all of your workers have signed those cards, or a vast majority have, and they said, yes, we want to be a union, and your company says, don't care, not going to count it one as one, I'm ignoring you, then the company that helped you form the union, then they come yell at your, your uh, higher-ups in the company and deal with legalization and whether they're breaking the law and all this other stuff. So you do not have to have your company sanction a union. You can still have your union. So, from the Washington Post, Activision Blizzard did not respond to workers' requests for recognition of a union formed by quality assurance testers at Raven Software, the workers said Tuesday evening. Last week, 34 quality assurance workers seeking to unionize at Raven had set a deadline of 6 p.m. Eastern Time Tuesday for a response from the software developer's parent company and will now proceed to file for a union election with the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB. The 34 workers at Madison, Wisconsin-based Raven say they have a supermajority of votes within their department 
department, meaning they can formalize their union via the NLRB without management recognition at Activision Blizzard. If the union, dubbed the Game Workers Alliance, wins 50% plus one of the votes within the Within the department, Activision Blizzard must begin bargaining with the group over work conditions in good faith. Most of the testers work on the popular game Call of Duty Warzone and had been working toward unionization for months. They said they were motivated by recent layoffs, excessive overtime, and low pay. Shortly after the deadline, Brian Raffle, Raven's studio head, sent an email to the staff. Activision Blizzard shared a statement that echoed Raffle's email. After carefully reviewing and considering the CWA's initial request of the company, we worked quickly to find a mutually acceptable solution with the CWA that would have led to an expedited election process. Unfortunately, the parties would not reach an agreement, Raffle wrote. We expect that the union will soon be moving forward with the filing of a petition to the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, for an election of eligible Raven employees. If filed, the company will respond formally to that petition promptly. The most important thing to the company is that each eligible employee has the opportunity to have their voice heard and their individual vote counted, and we think all employees at Raven should have a say in this discussion. Hmm. (laughs) You know? (laughs) The Game Workers Alliance and the CWA expressed confidence in their petition to the NLRB for a union election in a joint statement. We are proud to file with the NLRB as we enjoy supermajority support for our union and know that together we will gain the former legal recognition we have earned, read the statement. On Monday afternoon, 23 Raven software quality assurance testers were pulled into a meeting with Human Resources for a update to QA. The employees were all testers who had received promotions to become full-time employees last December. Management told them they would be split into various Various departments across the studio, including animation, art, audio, design, engineering, and live operations production. But both the meeting with the quality assurance testers and an ensuing five-minute studio-wide meeting were led by Raffle, who did not mention unionization. John Obligato, human resources partner at Activision and Raven's primary human resources contact, sat in on both meetings, chiming in at times saying some testers may excel and we want to make sure they're developing career development paths. Which is interesting because they sure weren't interested in offering that before they they fired people and ended up with another strike. So I don't think they're really going to follow through on that. I think this is union busting. I think this is split up your people that want to have the union so they at the very least will be harder to contact and maybe that union won't go through because it won't have enough votes or some other kind of shenanigans. This is what big corporations do and it sucks and they really shouldn't be doing that. I'm mostly mentioning, you know, Activision Blizzard King because that's who makes the games we love, but this has got to stop and um, the gaming companies aren't the only ones that are pushing for this, but that's a story for somewhere else. Um, In any case, uh, it says it's unclear what impact the reorganization will have on workers unionizing efforts, according to labor lawyers. I'll give you a quote here. The timing of Activision Blizzard's Raven announcement raises the question of whether they are retaliating against the QA employees because of their union activities, said Cornell Professor of Labor and Employment uh, Law, Risa Liebervitz, though she noted the decision to divide the employees would not interrupt the unionization process. Oh, okay. I thought it would. Uh, Wilma Liebman, former chairman of the National Labor Relations Board under former President Barack Obama, said that Activision Blizzard management should be trying or could be trying, could be trying to dilute the group of potential union members by moving them around or simply dilute support for the union. 
And that's what I was thinking, too. The CWA sent a statement Tuesday claiming the meetings were, quote, nothing more than a tactic to thwart Raven QA workers who are exercising their right to organize. It goes on from there. So that's what's going on. They got to a point where they are very likely going to get a union if they're allowed to vote and, you know, have their company would have to accept it. And uh, these are the shenanigans that Activision Blizzard King has chosen to do. So here's a tweet from Code CWA. From January 25th, it's a thread. I won't read all of it. Uh, Yesterday, Activision Blizzard broadcasted their plans to restructure the Raven's software quality assurance department in order to bring the group, quote, into alignment with the best practices of other prominent Activision studios, end quote. This announcement, which came three days after the Raven QA workers publicly requested recognition of their union uh, at We Are GWA, uh, which is part of CWA, is, uh, is nothing more than a tactic to thwart Raven QA workers who are exercising exercising their right to organize when management uses meaningless buzzwords like alignment, synergy, and reorganization. They are sending a message to workers. We make all the decisions. We have all the power. And skipping ahead a bit, there is part of this thread that says this scrutiny is even more important when a company like Activision Blizzard impedes its workers from exercising rights that are protected under U.S. law. So Activision Blizzard King is getting itself into it even more so now. Which isn't good. There's an article from Kotaku called Call of Duty Maker Reveals Plan to Squash Union Effort. And it's probably talking about exactly what I just read. But if you want a smaller version of it, um, there it is. And it does have a quote here from... Okay, yeah, I already read it from the other thing. So it's kind of, you know, pick which article or which company of news you like better. And there you go. Uh, here is Game Workers Alliance on Twitter. It's another... I won't read all of it here. We are, we, the supermajority of workers at Raven QA, are proud to be confidently filing our petition with the NLRB for our union election. We are deeply disappointed that Raven Software and Activision Blizzard refuse to uplift workers' rights by choosing to not voluntarily recognize our union in spite of our supermajority support. This was an opportunity for Activision Blizzard to show a real commitment, setting new and improved standards for workers. Instead, Activision Blizzard has chosen to make a rushed restructuring announcement to try and hinder our right to organize. Once again, when management is given a choice, they always seem to take the low road. It goes on from there a little bit. And then on the 26th, GWA wrote, Today, Game Workers Alliance filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board. We look forward to a democratic process and compliance from leadership. So they're going to get what they need. They are going to get what they need. It's just going to take a little bit because Activision Blizzard King as a whole uh, is being real stupid about it, basically. Um, yeah, and there's another tweet. Uh, we've been getting some questions about ABK denying to recognize GWA in attempts to unionize the entire studio. If management truly wanted the whole studio unionized, they would have granted voluntary, voluntary for QA and given CWA neutrality and card check to unionize the rest of the studio. So basically, it's just kind of clearing some stuff up. Um, here's an article from Polygon, Activision Blizzard to reorganize Raven QA workers amid union efforts. And you can pretty much guess what that's about. Uh, there's an update on that and it's got a, the Blizzard thing that's basically PR in there. ABK announced, did you know ABK Workers Alliance has its own Wikipedia page now? Neither did we. Neat find by one of our members today. So it's cool they have a Wikipedia thing because a lot of people go to Wikipedia to find out, you know, what's this thing? And then they go to Wikipedia and they go, oh, that's what it is. The problem with Wikipedia is sometimes people go in and change things to support misinformation instead. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen to them. I don't think that happens very often, but sometimes it does, especially if 
The Wikipedia page is about someone, some company, or some other thing that people are mad at at the moment. So I'm hoping this all works out well for ABK with their Wikipedia page. Moving on to essentially the title of the show, Blizzard announced there is um, an... There, there is going to be a new game coming out or being worked on at least throughout all of this and it's called Unannounced Survival Game which makes me think of Unnamed Goose Game you know but it's not the same at all and there is official news about this on the Blizzard website it's uh, titled Create a New Universe with Us it's got a really interesting photo or well it's not really a photo a piece of art here that shows two people um, standing in sort of a foresty type of area and there's like leaves falling and huge trees and ahead of them is a lot of green and a castle in the sky and behind them is a lot of rocks that they must have climbed down and what looks like like a like a city like with skyscrapers and there's a bicycle in here so i don't really know exactly where they're going but i'm sure we'll find out eventually i'll read you a little bit about this Blizzard is embarking on our new quest. We are going on a journey to a whole new universe, home to a brand new survival game for PC and console. I'm hoping PC means Mac as well. If not, I have an Xbox. Uh, the, a place full of heroes we, will yet to, we have yet to meet, stories yet to be told, and adventures yet to be lived. A vast realm of possibility waiting to be explored. Every story needs a teller, and every world needs builders. What if that could be you? For 30 years, Blizzard has been creating universes for millions of players around the globe. This requires a diverse team of developers willing to lend their voices, to listen, and to be heard. That is our mission. Do you like survival games? Do you want to join a collaborative team of experienced developers at the early stage of a new project in a new world and help write the next chapters in Blizzard's, in Blizzard's story? This is your call to adventure. Will you answer it? And it shows the roles that are open. Um, and you can, you know, I'll get into that a little bit, but it's got a piece of art of a character in the game that is wearing... If I were to phrase this like Dungeons & Dragons, I might think this is either a ranger or a druid. Kind of hard to say. <laughs> it's probably neither specifically, but it looks cool. And there's all these, like, openings... Okay, so for the unannounced project, they have a team na a producer unannounced project. This is a job that someone can apply for, or many someones can try to apply for. It's called a team name unannounced project, producer unannounced project. And here's a bit of a description. It looks like they uh, cribbed a lot of it from the thing I just read. And they, are, they have transitioned to a work-from-home model due to COVID-19, so that's in there if that's concerning to you. I think it should be concerning to many people. <laughs> it depends. Like, um, like I'm immune-compromised. I could not, if, even if I had the skills that this requires, which I do not, uh, I couldn't work for Blizzard or anywhere else in person. So it's good that they are pointing out that they're at least trying to take care of people. That's a good thing. Um, and it's got all the requirements and, you know, what you need. I'm going to, there's what the responsibilities are. I'll read you some of the requirements. A minimum of two years of experience working as a producer or project manager on a, on a game team. Demonstrable ability to create, track, and maintain complex schedules and to drive projects to completion in a timely manner. Comfortable with ambiguity and able to drive towards clarity. Strong collaborative problem solver. And it goes on from there. Uh, they also want... It's a plus if you have knowledge of Blizzard worlds and gameplay values. Engineering slash technical background. A bunch of other stuff. So that's kind of neat. So that, that exists. And then there's also... I, a Blizzard official website here saying find your people and it's got uh, a character from World of Warcraft, a character from Overwatch, and a character from Diablo 4 <laughs> and um, 
So there's a whole bunch they want. Level designers, character artists, concept artists, engineers, people that can work on the engine, audio stuff, technical artists for some other stuff, all for this unannounced survival game for this particular thing. But in addition... Pez Radar, who is a community manager, he's on Twitter as Pez Radar, uh, says the Diablo community team is growing. I have an opening on our team for an influencer relationship manager. This would be across all Diablo titles, including D2, D3, D4, and DI, which is Diablo Immortal. And there's a job posting for that. So the job posting, let me see if I can grab that real quick. Um, this one, if you're looking to do that is, uh, okay, Blizzard Entertainment seeks an influencer relationships manager to coordinate outreach with the Diablo franchise's online personalities and content creators. As a member of our community team, they will provide a valuable point of contact at Blizzard for a wide variety of creators, including YouTubers, streamers, fan sites, cosplayers, podcasters, and more. They will also lead the Diablo community program to help support Diablo creators globally. The influencer relationships manager should be friendly and relatable and able to speak with influencers on a level playing field while remaining focused and driven toward finding and creating mutually beneficial opportunities and programs for Blizzard and creators. And there's a whole list of responsibilities. This one also has the COVID-19 hiring update where they're doing work from home model qualifications, a minimum of two plus years of experience working professionally in the influencers slash content creator field, able to quickly and effectively communicate with others, able to confidently communicate about Blizzard products with the public, good presentation skills, crisis management experience, that's interesting that that's in there. And they want you to have a bachelor's degree in public relations, marketing, journalism, or equivalent, and some other stuff. Uh, they want proficiency in managing Discord community channels and tools and strong knowledge of the Diablo universe. That could be a lot of people, I think. So if that's you, uh, I'll put the thing in the notes and you can check it out. You can probably float through the Blizzard news stuff and catch it there as well. The Diablo account on Twitter on January 26th, which was yesterday from when I'm recording this, has posted a little video and it's a reminder. It says, reap the rewards while you can. The darkening of Tristram will end 1.31 at 4 p.m. PST. So if you are running through that portion of Diablo 3 and you didn't get all the achievements you wanted or you didn't get the pets you wanted, now's the time to grind because it's gonna go away in just a few days. It'll come back again next year and you can pick up what you missed because I had to do that one time. I didn't have all the achievements, I think, and then I had to get it, you know, wait until next January to get them. But, you know, just so you know, don't sleep on that if that's your, like, exactly what you want to be doing right now. That's, you gotta get it done in a couple of days. There's another tweet from the Diablo account. It says, many ancient tomes were studied to resurrect evil. And this is one of those things they've been doing lately under 25 years of Diablo. And there's a, it kind of looks like sort of, what you might think of like Book of Cain kind of where the the pages are very like tan and old looking and there's runes and things and well, I don't know if these are runes these are some kind of writing you can't read at least and drawings of demon like things and next to it is a stack of CDs <laughs> like you know that's what they looked at and the description inside that piece of art here or, or image says for the Diablo 2 resurrected remaster it took developers a month to sort through original physical files, including notebooks, art, and old CDs. So that's kind of interesting overall, that some of that art and stuff is still there and that you can still access and go through the CDs. There's, you can get a device that'll let you do that, but imagine a big gaming company having to go, okay, we need to, we need to see what's on these CDs, <laughs> you know? 
It's just kind of interesting to me. On the 21st, there was news from uh, Blizzard about Diablo 2 Resurrected Patch 2.4 Balance PTR. And there's an update on that. On the 26th, uh, they've changed something in this original set of notes and put it in red to show you what is different. And let's see what we have here with this. There's a video in here about a developer's interview hosted by Mr. Llama. There's a video of that if you want to see that. It is a YouTube video. It's talking about what they're changing, patch notes, things like that. I'm not seeing a lot of red text in here, so I'm assuming some of you may have already read this stuff and I don't really see anything in red. There's a lot of information in here. It's going like character class by character class and going over all their skills and things like that. Mercenaries, rune words in here, um, new Haradra cube recipes, set item bonus changes. There's some changes here. Nothing's in red. So I think maybe not much change. Oh, here we go. We got some bug fixes. Those are in red. Fixed an issue where non-Uber bosses were taking too little damage. Fixed an issue where the unbending will rune word was not correctly displaying some of its stats. Fixed an issue where Siverb's vestments were granting more defense than intended. So there's that. And then we have a blue post in the Diablo forums written by Huli, who is a community manager for Diablo maybe in general. I, I'm assuming community managers for Blizzard Diablo stuff are, talk about all of it in some way because, you know, why I stick to one. Um, so this one is titled Diablo 2 Resurrected 1.25 PTR Character Premades and Known Issues. So here's this was written or posted on the 25th. Today's the 27th. So some of you may not have seen it yet. Um, so Huli says, uh, hi everyone, as the PTR kicks off, we want to provide a comprehensive overview of this test's objectives and pre-made characters available to participants. We hope you will find this guide helpful as you prepare to experience the exciting changes of patch 2.4. PTR overview, the public test realm PTR explains what that is. I think if you're listening to my, the sound of my voice right now, you know what a PTR is. Uh, it's our goal to empower players with the means to acquire and test these new items on the PTR. Your impression and feedback will assist us in operating these updates ahead of the live release and first season of ladder rank play. To share your feedback, here's how. You can check it out in there. But uh, the test environment is available to all owners of the game on PC. So I'm playing it on Xbox, so I will not be able to do this. I'm okay with that. Some people might be mad. I don't know. Uh, beyond new rune words, mercenary tweaks, new Haradra cube recipes, and more, a primary focus of this test will revolve around the class balance changes. And then there's something about pre-maids. After players successfully acquire access to the PTR, all participants will receive seven pre-made characters, eight mule characters, and five free slots will remain empty if participants wish to make a fresh character. These pre-made characters will be late-game focused, uh, it says 85, which I'm assuming is their level. However, if you wish to simulate an experience of earlier levels of play, participants can choose to not spend all their skill points in attributes. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, Pre-made classes will have basic items and class-specific gear, while the mules will have a plethora of runes, unique sets, uh, unique sets, etc. This will enable participants to be amply equipped to experience the full breadth of content within the PTR. As you progress, your pre-made character will evolve with any persisting changes from gameplay. Simply save and exit to retain your character's progress and resume where you left off for your next playthrough. Um, deleting a template character and relaunching the client will redeploy the template to the user's account. 
uh, including a refilled personal stash and inventory. Items moved from the personal stash and inventory to the shared stash are unaffected by this. There's some known issues. Uh, not a complete list, but um, this is what's affecting things. Login queues. There are many eager to jump into the PTR and experience the new balance changes. At the start of this new test build, we expect there will be login queues as a large number of testers surge into the PTR. We only expect this for the first few hours during the launch of PTR. You may be asking, why are there queues? This is mainly due to the fact that each account logging in has to populate with pre-made characters that we have set up for PTR. This creates a bit of a strain on our database, which isn't fully scaled to the same state as our retail servers. We do not expect this in retail launch as players already have characters populated on their own accounts. We appreciate your patience through this time. There's a couple of issues here. Uh, Arcana's tricks set is not accurately totaling mana buff when full set is equipped. And Siverb's vestments full set bonus is granting more defense than intended. And so there's like ways in here that you can send some, I don't know, suggestions or things that you've seen. And now I'm going to switch over to stuff from the Diablo community. There's a person on Twitter going by M Vestige with two eyes in there who has posted this really nice photo of the Diablo bust. You've seen that. It was like a sculpture thing that was available for a while. I don't know if it's still available now considering I think they changed their store. I think Blizzard changed their store or something. But um, So uh, this person wrote, Not even death can save you from me. Put a little fire thing. Got this incredible bust as a gift for my birthday last year and it is the greatest piece to sit atop my collection. It's pretty neat. It's a really good photo, too. It's, like, well-lit and all of that. Um, there's a guy named... Uh, going by... I can't pronounce the at. So, Fernando Ferrero, who is a senior UI artist for Diablo 4, and says, My designs are part of the unique and exclusive Christmas gift of the last year for all the members of the Diablo 4 team. So, there's a couple of patches here, and it's got like the Diablo skull that you see the Lilith statue holding and a bunch of like it looks like something Adria drew to kind of mark demons or something underneath it there's another piece of line work under that at the top it says Diablo stay a while and listen and this looks like a patch that you could put on a piece of clothing or something like that and then there's another one that looks just flat so it might be like a sticker you could put maybe on your laptop or something. There's a red square with a lot of vine-like thorny branch-type things around it, and it's got a close-up of the probably the art that was sitting under the, the Diablo head on the sticker and or patch. And then there's uh, you open up the one I just described, and it says Happy Holidays 2021. So that's his art. It's amazing. Big Daddy Den posted a YouTube video called Spirit Barrage GR Solo Push Build 2.7.2, and I'll link to that and everything else in here. And then there's someone named Ben, who is a photographer and graphic designer, and he made an Xbox celebration banner for anyone to use, hashtag also Activision Blizzard, and it is amazing. It's got so many characters from... Uh, Activision Blizzard King games. It's got Tyrael right in the middle and I think there's Diablo off to the side and there's just all these other characters in here and there's some from StarCraft, some from Overwatch. There's this... Uh, <laughs> they actually have a thing representing a game called uh, Viva Pinata <laughs> which is a kids game that I used to play because it was amusing. So um, that's in there. Minecraft's in there. Hearthstone, just all this stuff, and it looks really cool, so you may want to check it out. And then we have the last one in here, which is a cosplayer named Cinders. 
uh, at Cinder's Cosplay, and it's spelled C-I-N-D-E-R-Y-S. And uh, Cinder's wrote, I found this cute Diablo picture I never shared. Excited for new Diablo pics? Three question marks and a fire emoji. And she has become Diablo. It is amazingly detailed. There's glowing lights coming out of this. And it it really fits. And I I think it might be from the look of it the Diablo 3 one. And you could see her face, you know, underneath like the Diablo head kind of thing. And it's just fierce and amazing. And I can't imagine how long that took to make, but it's this is a piece of art. This is amazing. And that's all I have for you today. I'll put it all in the show notes if you want to read it, look at it, check it out on Twitter, however you want to do it. You have been listening to episode 344 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. Our in game community and clan, at least on Diablo 3, is named Shattered Soulstone, Our op- and it's open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on the Discord for the ultimate team and community based experience. You can find the Discord invitation link in our Twitter and Facebook page as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>